Hey everyone, before we begin today's episode, I urge you to go back to the last week's episode which is about Fed Me Good Review. Yes, a Fed Me Good Review by a Delhi-based photographer, Naveen. He bought a six-month package and he shares his entire experience of six months, including return of investment and the kind of leads he got. So if you are planning to buy any package from any wedding planning websites in India, make sure you check this out. This is a must recommendation from me. And now about today's episode. Today's episode is an interview with Ramit Patra, a Delhi-based destination wedding photographer. He's into the industry for more than 10 years now and he shares his experience of shooting destination weddings. So if you are planning to enter into the destination wedding market, you might like this interview. He shares what mistakes he initially made and what the current market has to offer in the Indian wedding market scene. And yes, this is a YouTube interview which I am sharing over here on the podcast. So if you are a visual person, you would like to watch uh, YouTube videos, then make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel with the same name, The Navdeep Sony Show. So let's begin today's episode. Uh, yeah, hi Ramit. <laughs> Hi, Navdeep. Thank Hi, you for having me here. So, uh, uh, Ramit, uh, why not introduce yourself? I have been a wedding photographer since the last 12 years. Uh, we got into wedding films and photography pretty early. Uh, I think when India was just transitioning into learning about candid photography, and I think we were one of the few people who were actually shooting weddings in a candid way. So I had a very photojournalistic style when I started and from there to now, which is taking up complete weddings, including those uh, what we call traditional pictures or group shots and uh, the regular posed ones. In the last four or five years, I have been focusing on destination weddings. So primarily my work has been destination weddings. Um, I think 80% of my weddings have been out of uh, the cities and uh, banquets. So now we uh, uh, focus on the really big weddings. Uh, our average uh, duration for weddings in the last two years has been between five and seven days. And that has kind of become our uh, forte and uh, people get us for those big fat weddings. I think it's just uh, like, like they say, what you focus on, what you want to show the world is what they will get you for. So if you showcase them some fabulous destination pictures, people will get you uh, as a destination photographer and not for uh, uh, like a wedding in a banquet or in a hotel. True, true, true. Okay, so uh, tell me, uh, like you would consider yourself as a as a techie photographer or more of a moment photographer? Like I am a I am a person who who tends to shoot more of a moments, you know, rather than going the technicality of whether it's the cameras or lighting or equipment. Like equipment is secondary for me. I guess the main is the is the people for me. So what is what is your uh, way of thinking in terms of uh, wedding photography? So uh, I have a typical concept of, you know, when we want to deliver a wedding, we want to sort of do a very storytelling style of capturing that entire wedding. So uh, mm -hmm. it it has to include movements. It has to include portraits. It has to include family pictures. So. Uh, right now, I am in that zone that we focus on like the bigger picture and uh, while personally I do photojournalistic work during uh, the, the wedding and I also sort of specialize in taking those, uh, uh, those crazy portraits or 
uh, you know, those ambient portraits or um, what we call destination portraits. And other than that, I uh, have my team focus on the group shots, the uh, the coverage of that entire wedding. So it's it's more of a mix of everything. Uh, how to sort of get the lighting uniform so that you know we have five six different cameras working. We want to make sure that when it comes to the edit table, there is not much big difference in all the pictures. Uh, in terms of films as well, I uh, you know sometimes we are shooting on different uh, cameras. I generally like to sort of keep updated on the technical side. Also, I work very closely with Nikon and Kodak. So so yes, I would say I'm uh, I'm a technical photographer. At the same time, uh, right now, you know, the kind of weddings that we're doing, it's not just about movements, it's about everything that is happening in the wedding. But now it has become, uh, you know, especially 2000 guests coming in a wedding or uh, maybe a Jodhpur wedding, which has three different events going on at the same time. So, you know, it, it has to do with a mix of both technical and uh, of how you want to capture and showcase that wedding. Okay, so uh, so tell me, uh, do you uh, do you use modifiers? Do you are you a person who is fond of like magmod or using gels or bending light in a in a very creative way? Because I you know there's the, there was a trend going on a couple of years back. You know, like wedding photography, it has to be about you know using gels and magmods, right? Even if like I understand people are shooting all sorts of images. But there was a trend, you know, that you have to share all your uh, magmod images. Right. So uh, I think that trend is not gone anywhere. People are still crazy about magmods and, uh, uh, you know, any modifier. Basically, any photographer that is doing well in the world, we want to copy him. And uh, that is kind of the trend these days. That is always going to be the trend. Uh, there were times when people used to follow us and then, you know, there were uh, people who would uh, do something different and that uh, following quickly changes to that person. So that keeps moving around. I think uh, uh, who we follow keeps changing and uh, who we follow also defines the kind of equipment that we want. Like I am just sitting here with, uh, you know, uh, I'm sitting here with flashes and grace. I was just talking about uh, uh, how to use that. Mm. So I am a big fan of using all these things. Uh, these are technically not magmods, but this is uh, what uh, Godox is making these days. So I generally use uh, whatever new tech is there. It, it's it's you know it just ups your game. It just allows you to do so much more. So yeah, it's it is a trend. I think that trend is going to stay for a, a couple of years more, uh, unless something new comes up and uh, some new lighting technique uh, comes in. Yeah, what 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 I have seen is that a lot of Indian photographers uh, they are getting inspired or actually copying what uh, the Western photographers are doing. Right, they are replicating even the frame by frame. You know, even the poses, the lighting, or you know, tweaking a little bit into it and then creating their own images. But a lot of upcoming photographers they don't understand that these sort of pictures uh, make even less than 1% of your entire, uh, you know, wedding pictures. See, I think uh, what we are t right now, what we are going through is a, uh, the Instagram era and uh, a lot of photographers are, uh, you know, hired solely based on their Instagram profiles. Uh, if you look at their 10 pictures, which are magnificent, but when you look at their 1000 picture set, it is below average. So I think that is what we are going through. Uh, coming from an era where 
you know, we used to deliver 200 or 300 pictures of an entire wedding. So, you know, we used to make sure those 300 pictures are amazing and not just five or 10 pictures. And uh, slowly this trend changed into just having 10 good pictures and the remaining can just be basic coverage. So I think clients are also very smart, uh, especially, uh, you know, when we get hired for the big weddings, they want to sort of look at a larger set of pictures and then decide whether they want to go ahead with us or not, and not just those eight or 10 pictures on Instagram. So, you know, that copying can only limit to those eight or 10 or 12 pictures. Uh, what you do with the remaining 950 pictures is what actually defines your portfolio. Correct. And, and a lot of upcoming photographers are actually missing uh, the part you have just mentioned because it is just not about your Instagram portfolio. You know, you have to have a wholesome portfolio when you when you're dealing with the actual client, you need to show them more pictures because there will be very few clients who would just see your Instagram and then they will just hire you unless until you are a renowned name, you already have made a brand for yourself. And people, you know, there's a trust factor, you know, when 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 people would say Ramit Batra, you know, there's a certain sort of a, a trust factor will be there. When somebody is coming to Navdeep, there is a trust factor there. Then obviously, you know, you can uh, show a certain, even an Instagram would work. But as an upcoming photographer, you need to have a wholesome uh, portfolio. I think uh, I would sort of uh, defer to sort of uh, what you are saying. I think it's uh, pretty much the opposite of what happens. When you are uh, a more well-known or more renowned uh, a name in the industry, people want to look at more of your work and be super sure that, you know, they are not just being misled by those 10 or 15 pictures. Uh, the newcomers who are coming here, they have, I mean, they get hired on the go because of their eight and 10 pictures. Uh, firstly, because most of them have a very competitive pricing. Uh, so the client feels that, okay, you know, they are upcoming, they are promising, if they can make these eight or 10 pictures look good, uh, you know, they don't, they want to keep that gray area on, they don't want to go into a zone where they look at the entire set and they're like, oh, this is uh, below average, but yeah, but yeah, you know, what do we do with it? So I think more for whenever people have made a decision to hire us, they, you know, after uh, choosing to go ahead with us, they've asked us to sort of showcase more of our work, uh, you know, so that they can connect to what they like and what they want to go ahead with. Uh, rather than, you know, in earlier days when people would just look at our website and blog post and they'll be like, hey, this is amazing. We would like to hire you. I think in the first four or five years, it was primarily uh, based on the blog and the website and word of mouth. Right now, even the clients who have seen us work in a different wedding, they would come to us when, when they come to us in a meeting, they would ask us to sort of showcase more of our work. Yeah, because he, uh, the kind of clients which are coming to you will be very different from, let's say, the kind of clients that will be approaching most of the uh, newbie photographers or who have been to the industry for an year or two, right? Because everyone wants to grow in their business, in their craft. And then, you know, they want to learn from experienced photographer, you know, what kind of experience they had. Like you, you mentioned, you know, uh, yes, I, I still remember uh, delivering 300, 400 pictures from a wedding used to be a norm, which was very sufficient. But I know a lot of people listening to this right now that, oh, Ramit was, uh, you know, handing over just two, 300 images, but it was a reality. Actually, they wanted only the quality pictures. They were not looking at the quantity, but right now, uh, clients have a very different expectations and, a uh, uh, lot of people take time to understand, you know, okay, what the market is, uh, uh, presumably is is looking at and what actual the real clients are looking at because a lot of will be 
freelancers working for other photographers they never get to deal with the real clients you know that also also makes a lot of difference and and the price segment see a certain price segment will have different sort of an expectations uh, a lower end price segment will have a very different expectations like you have instagram uh, profile with you you have your website with you you know you can always redirect to them even on phone call you know you can go through this link you can go through our instagram page you will have a wide view you, you can have a quick view with instagram and you can have a detailed view of your portfolio from your website okay uh, ramit so so tell us from your experience uh, according to you what newbie photographers or upcoming photographers uh, the kind of mistakes they are making or you know you might have made mistakes and probably realized after a few years you know okay okay this was not the way to start or maybe i could have done things a little differently initially uh so i think the biggest mistake that people make is uh, they get overconfident with their work very early uh, i think everybody has gone through that phase i myself has uh, experienced that uh, i think in the first two or three or four years i had done uh, a lot of weddings i got featured in a lot of magazines and newspapers and uh, so i started feeling that okay you know i'm this has become bulletproof and you know we can probably start choosing and picking on the clients that we want to work with so uh, and that is when you sort of start thinking of increasing your price point so that kind mm-hmm. of uh, became like a downfall for our business for a couple of years uh because our clients were uh, used to a certain price bracket that we used to work in uh so maybe uh, you know when we increase the price to maybe 30 40% more than that they suddenly were astonished at you know uh that you you did my sister's wedding at an x price how can you charge 2x now even if there was a gap of about 4 years or 5 years into that and mm-hmm. uh, so you know a gradual price increase is sort of not taken well by clients so a jump in price was definitely not taken well uh, at all so we lost a lot of uh, clients which were which would have come to us eventually uh, because we had shot in their uh, families uh, secondly not adjusting to the market trends uh, i started doing video in 2008 and 9 and uh, you know when i started my first few weddings i used to do video that time uh in about 2011 mm-hmm. uh you know since it became very cool to just be a candid photographer and not be a studio i sort of went with that trend and i stopped doing video and uh so you know those two, three years we lost a lot of clients who would say that you know we want complete coverage and we would be like no we don't do complete coverage we just do candid photography you can hire somebody for your traditional or whatever the other stuff so again we lost a lot of business mm-hmm. there so uh, what i'm coming to is the, uh, either you make your own style uh, like a lot of photographers right now are very particular that they do not offer video services and uh, uh, there are other studios whose business model is that they only work alone and they only provide a complete coverage style just figure out what you want to do and not keep shuffling between uh, you know today i want to do photos and videos tomorrow i just want to do photos secondly when it comes to pricing just stick to that pricing for a couple of years with the current scenario uh, you know current market not related to uh, covid but uh, how to enter destination wedding market as a photographer 
See, I think uh, the current market is going to get affected by uh, COVID and we are uh, fearing the whole thing a lot because uh, destination weddings are not going to happen. Uh, everybody is going to get uh, uh, choosy about just picking a banquet very close to their house or a farmhouse and just going ahead with it. So I'm assuming that we are not going to look into that scenario. That is probably going to stay for the next 6 to 12 months. Uh, which is going to be difficult for us who focus on destination wedding. So let us just ignore that. Let us assume that everything has come back to normal and uh, somebody wants to get into destination wedding photography. I think uh, there are two things that a destination wedding photographer needs to focus on. Uh, one is environmental photographs. Uh, you should be able to capture a wedding or a event or a portrait and showcase a good destination be it uh, you know as small as uh, something like a pre-wedding shoot in a Lodi garden or uh, something as massive as a Thailand wedding or a, a, a you know a 14 day wedding in Umed Bhavan. So those kind of things will only come when you start showcasing that. Uh, right now the current trend is to showcase a lot of portraits, a lot of like you said magmod kind of work, uh, harsh lighting. Uh, I know photographers who even if they go to a beautiful destination because they are stuck in that trend they end up using harsh lighting and they just want to showcase uh, their photography skills versus you know what the destination uh, is capable of. So once you start showcasing that people will get you for weddings which are you know in even in banquets they'll be like you know we don't have a good des uh, destination but this guy is able to make so much better pictures in uh, whatever the environment is. So they will start getting you for those. Uh, so you have to set your own trend, I feel. Uh, if you want to get into destination weddings, you have to show environmental pictures. Uh, secondly, you have to showcase destinations. So uh, if you are not uh, showing pictures of destinations or travel pictures or uh, travel portraits, people, will, people do not understand how well you are going to do in a destination wedding. So I think those are the two primary factors. Uh, with Instagram, if you start posting those two things, I think that should do the work. Any any uh, apps or wedding planning websites, they could offer any any leads to enter into destination market. Should I go to this XYZ app and you know uh, take a package? What is what is uh, you know the secret behind to get your first destination wedding? See, I would say there is no secret. It is just about shooting weddings in a slightly more airy style. Like there are certain photographers who do a tremendous job, uh, you know, using those magmods, using the decor of that uh, uh, banquet and combining it into looking like it is larger than life. And that is the yeah. exposure that people will get you for the bigger destination weddings because they will foresee that okay my destination is 20 times more beautiful than this picture and uh, if i get this photographer there this guy is gonna kill it so that is the only sort of mindset that you want to put to people uh, in terms of portals uh, what i've seen is uh, from what i've heard from other people uh, there are certain portals which are great for very low budget kind of inquiries so if you want to focus on getting into the market, if you are not getting a lot of business, you should probably do the research and uh, figure out what portals are working for whom. Uh, probably whoever is your competitor, if he's able to crack some uh, weddings out of that portal, then probably you can also try to invest in that portal. 
honestly once you have done the first 10 weddings uh, it becomes redundant you don't need a portal i think your portfolio and word of mouth is more important than uh, being visible on any port uh, uh, portal or uh, any other website yeah yeah maybe i i i'll also agree on that because um uh, going to any wedding portal, maybe you are starting out, you have done one or two weddings, you know, uh, you are not looking to earn a major chunk of money from the photography, yeah. you know, maybe work at a lower end of the, you know, your pricing, probably that, then it might work. But I, I don't see that you could get big weddings or destination weddings from, you know, any wedding app because, uh, frankly, uh, the, that, destination wedding market really don't go into you know portals to find you know destination wedding photographers right you're right so uh, people who go on uh, the portals are the people who don't have access to the resources or they don't have time uh, so you know somebody who's sitting in the US and he's like I have no idea what the Indian vendors look like and you know I can't trust so they'll go to a portal and they'll quickly search some things and they'll be like okay my wedding is happening in a, you know, a banquet in Chhatarpur and uh, my parents are booked this place and everything, but I want to, you know, get a few vendors. So they probably will get a couple of vendors like a photographer, videographer, maybe a makeup artist and the Mehendi artist or a dholwala, uh, but they will never hire somebody like a wedding planner or a decor person just going by the portal. They would definitely want to sort of meet that person and see how their decor was like. They will never hire a caterer based on a portal. So, so you know, uh, okay. it is just, I think, convenience. Some people require that. They're like, you know, TK photography is not one of my top 10. I'll just go to a portal and quickly, you know, it's, it's like yeah. that. What are the common myths about destination weddings? You know, everyone feels that destination wedding, it's, it's like a grand affair, you know, easy to do. So what are like hidden myths as a wedding photographer shooting destination weddings? First myth is uh, you get to uh, go to cool destinations and you get to see new places. Uh, so wherever we have shot a destination wedding, unless we have asked the client that we want to overstay on our own expense and we'll take care of the return flights, they will never, you know, allow you to sort of be there. Uh, they'll be like, you know, this is the package that we have received. So you will never get to visit any destination otherwise. So that is the first myth. People feel it's a very, uh, you know, chilled out uh, uh, place to be in. It is not. Secondly, they uh, people feel that it's less uh, strenuous uh, than having a banquet wedding. So uh, it is not actually. Uh, local weddings have a deadline you know most of the people after two three or four o'clock they go home and they uh, get some rest and then you know they get ready they go to their jobs and then in the evening they want to come back again after getting ready so there's a huge gap in which you actually get to go back home change clothes rest take your backups in destination weddings uh, you know the elders and the kids are having their two different uh, parties so once the ceremonies are over, the kids start with their after parties and craziness. That goes on till four or five in the morning. This is when the elders have already gotten enough rest. Uh, they would wake up at nine and start with the ceremonies. So uh, in a destination wedding, I mean, if it's a three day destination wedding, you can forget getting to sleep or doing anything. So it just becomes a never ending loop. Uh, thirdly, 
there is more uh, uh, effort involved in a destination wedding people feel it's 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 nice it's easy uh, in every destination wedding the crew requirement is reduced by the client they don't want to spend a lot on travel they don't want to spend a lot in uh, accommodation and food and every other expense so they make sure that the team is limited uh, another myth is that you're getting a destination wedding so you're getting big fat paychecks out of it uh, most of the people who are uh, paying for destination weddings they don't want to spend a lot in uh, photography and uh, other things uh, because they feel they've already overdone spending in uh, the destination travel and other things so they the costs of destination weddings is very competitive it is sometimes lesser than what you would get in a city wedding so i think these are the three or four main things that uh, people uh, need to understand what is your way of uh working with the couples how do how do you make them comfortable right so uh, see our uh, typical scenario of a destination wedding is when a couple is hiring us uh if the parents are hiring us it becomes very difficult for us to sort of get into the space where the couple is comfortable enough to talk to us so i'm i'm looking at an ideal scenario wherein the bride and the groom have discussed with the families contacted us and they want to go ahead with us Uh, so in this kind of a scenario the bride has already seen my work she has already been following my work for a while so she is already comfortable with the kind of work that i do uh, she has probably seen my instagram stories she has seen my facebook my blog and she knows what i do so uh, it is just a matter of telling them that okay what is your requirement and how are we going to sort of deliver that to you uh, there are uh, couples who would come to us and they're like oh we are extremely shy we do not go well in front of the camera so you know it is just a matter of telling them that okay we will not do too many portraits if you don't want uh, we never enforce certain laws or anything that if you don't give us 2 hours of uh, pre wedding shoot or if you don't give us 1 hour during the ceremony we are not going to come there or uh, you're wasting your money we do not act like you know we are the kings and queens and they are doing us a favor by hiring us Uh, 50% of the couples that come to us they tell us that we are very shy we don't want a pre wedding shoot we never enforce that you know i want to do a pre wedding shoot because it looks good on my portfolio or i will be able to send some uh, work to the awards and stuff like that we never do that get into a conversation by meeting them if the meeting is not possible we get on a skype call and now uh, that we have discovered zoom it's going to be much easier uh but that is typically how we uh, sort of start conversing with them we try to meet them before the wedding if possible because uh, if they are generally traveling to delhi or some other place they would like to sort of meet us but most of the times it's more of a online conversation understanding exchanging emails sending them uh, uh, new work and links of what we are doing and understanding what they want or the kind of pictures they connect to there are sometimes that couples don't want to have a conversation so we never force it we there are times when people have just turned up at the destination and they're like hey we are a big fan of your work but there has been no conversation in the 6 7 months we are totally okay with that we will never be like you know aap to baat hi nahi karte hum aapki wedding kaise karenge so we never do that okay so what what gear uh, you are using right now for your uh, photography So I am using uh, for for photography and films we are using the Nikon Z6 and Z7. For lights I'm using my main is the AD200 Pro and uh, the V1. 
so uh, both of these are very easy going lights uh, the ad200 is my favorite because of the high power and uh, the fast recycle time the z6 and z7 uh, have been really nice to us uh, i mean i love the skin tone colors that we get and uh, i am um, you know when i shifted to mirrorless i had the option to sort of pick what system i wanted to go for so i tried all the systems and then finally i uh, decided to go with nikon and uh, so i'm i've been with z6 and 7 for i think almost one year now and what's your favorite focal length or or a lens you use so uh, these days i am a big fan of the 35mm and the 2470 f2.8 uh on a z6 and a z7 the 2470 is super sharp it is even as sharp as the 35 prime uh the 35 is very versatile it it is a light lens so i generally like to carry it in all weddings but uh, the 2470 is it it is crazy i mean the kind of sharpness it has it can beat any other lens in terms of the color rendition and the quality the new sc lens right all uh, see i'm only on mirrorless so i do not have access to uh, the older fx series so i have not even tried doing the fx series except for the 7200 because uh, the 7200 was just launched so that i have uh, as the older fx model i'm using it on uh, 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 the ftz adapter but uh, other than that i'm all all my lenses are right now the z lenses so we have the 35 24 50 Eighty-five, uh, seventy-two hundred, and the fourteen thirty, and of course the twenty-four seventy. So what presets you are using? I, I suppose you are using uh, Lightroom, right, for editing. Yeah, so we use a combination of Lightroom and Photoshop. Uh, we do our base edit in Lightroom. Uh, for every wedding, I create a unique preset. Uh, so that uh, wedding has generally uh, about four or six or eight events. so i sit and go through the images and i create a preset for those images then i give my editors those presets so all those uh, uh, the the entire set of those uh, images for each event is given those specific presets and then they come back to me and then i sort of fine tune it and then we take it to photoshop so that is typically our uh, flow of work but we generally don't use third party presets we make our own um when you are hiring a photographer or any team member so what do you look for that uh, some key attributes in a person while hiring so for interns and for people we are hiring we have very different uh, 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 sort of uh, things that we measure for interns uh, our primary factor is they need to be fan of our work if they don't love our work we don't want to sort of have them around us so uh, because when somebody wants to intern with us we understand they don't have that particular skill set that you know they they cannot become a direct employee so we will sort of teach them different uh, skills we will sort of take them through different aspects from marketing to photography to how to meet a client and stuff like that and then see if they actually fit in we would love to sort of take them on board uh, but if we are hiring a photographer or editor we want that photographers and editors to be self sufficient uh, we don't want them to sort of have a very particular style uh, which is you know uh, which is ramit batra style or uh, you know they they are like totally copying our work we generally don't prefer that we want people which have a fresh mindset 
but we look for people who are independent and not uh, the kind of people who will need a push every day that you know you have to do 200 edits you have to do this or you have to do that so that is what we look at uh, we i like to work with people who are more independent than uh, you know the kind of typical uh, employee material i guess we have been on for around more than hour i guess i guess so <laughs> so thank you so much uh, sharing so much of uh, valuable information i hope uh, uh, photographers will get a lot of value out of it and uh, before we leave, uh, why don't you share your website address and Instagram address so that people can go and check it out and follow you over there? Sure. So my website is ramitbatra.com and uh, all my social handles are Ramit Batra Photography, including Facebook and Instagram. So that's it for, uh, for now. Uh, okay, uh, Ramit, thank you so much again. Bye-bye. Uh, I'll catch you on the other side. Bye. Thank you so much, Navdeep. It was a pleasure.